Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number nine now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Here with my fellow co-host, Jace, Max, I'm PJ or Peter, whatever you want to call me. Back for another episode. Before we get things started, I did want to say something. I think Lamar Jackson might be the best quarterback in the league. Is this sarcasm? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it is. The Colts defense is nothing to shake your head at. Mm-hmm. And he balled. But like he did. Carson, Carson Wentz threw for more yards than he did. And yeah, but Lamar got that dub, though. <laughs> look, Carson Wentz got bailed out by a 75-yard little screen pass. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, completely untouched, too. And and I'll say another thing. He underthrew Michael Pittman for another, like, 50-yard touchdown bomb, and Pittman just mossed some guy. So mm-hmm. n- numbers, numbers lie from time to time, as we know on the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, with projections the same. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, he – I was talking to Peter. Uh, I whiffed on a couple of bets with Lamar. The dude was, like, fumbling the ball at the the one-yard line, like, multiple times throughout that game, too. So, you know, he was even closer, especially in four-point per passing touchdown leagues, like, from an even bigger game than what he had. So, it's nice to see him throwing the rock around like he was last night. Yeah. Uh, back in college, Max and I used to call him Lemur because he's out there running <laughs> around like like the little speedy. Like he's just so speedy out there all the time. Dude. So every time I see him, I'm just impressed at how fast that man can get. Just zero mm-hmm. to 60. He made so many plays today where it was like third and five. He'd drop back to pass and he'd run 90 yards just to get like five yards up the field. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like if he can keep the passing the way that it's looking so far. Mm-hmm. Like from this past game, I don't think anybody can argue against him being the best quarterback in the league if the passing no. stays the same. Yeah. Like, are you talking and the real NFL or are you talking fantasy? I'm talking the real NFL. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I think that, that'd be a hard – I mean, last night was definitely some evidence, but I feel like quarterbacks this year, like – the main guys, Stafford, Kyler, like Josh Allen, all those big time guys have actually put up like huge big time performances, mm-hmm. like just five weeks in. So it's a it's a super hard decision, but I'm super pleased with all the, like the top end, high end quarterbacks right now for sure. Yeah, and we're we're gonna get off of this little beginning rant and get into the the fantasy news uh, coming up soon. But I, I just gotta say, man, he's got that rushing. He's got the throwing. Mm-hmm. If he can just keep the throwing where it has been the last, you know, the last game and if he can build on that moving forward, I just don't see anybody being able to stop him. Because you sell out on the run, he'll 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 hit you deep for the pass. You sell out on the pass, he'll run ninety yards. So mm-hmm. yep. Take your poison. So let's let's have a fun little game now. Let's say we're drafting in a super flex league as a startup. Mm-hmm. Um where would you feel comfortable taking um Lamar Jackson? Three overall. So you're taking Mahomes and Kyler, Kyler. And I feel like him and Josh Allen, I feel like Josh Allen might have a longer career, but Lamar is going to be able to get that rushing upside. I know Allen has that rushing upside as well, but it's just more built into Lamar's game than it is Allen's game. And especially in a four-point passing touchdown league, I just, I don't know. It, it I, would be very hard between uh, between the two for me. Yeah, I think that is a tough decision. Um, I think I'd have to trust the Stallion, though. I think I just like Buffalo a little bit better. And I like the fact that he's got digs. I know he hasn't been, you know, hot to trap this season, but I think he'll get it turned around eventually for sure. Yeah, I mean, Josh right. Allen, he adds the rushing upside, too. He had a rushing touchdown this past week. I mean, they look great versus the Chiefs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you really you can't go wrong with either of the options, but I think on longevity, I really do think – Josh Allen will play longer than Lamar. I think Lamar's one injury away from just being done. This is very true. And that's the only thing that scares me. It flashes of Robert Griffin out there. <laughs> very, very much so. <laughs> All right. So we got a great show for you guys today. 
uh, reports from around the realm is back. We got boom bust category uh, from all of us. And then we got our motor locks back by popular demand. We'll tell you who went what our current leaderboard uh, as a podcast for the picks. And then we got a quote from myself at the end to wrap up the show. Uh, without further ado, uh, I am going to get into reports from around the realm section right now. Uh, and we got our first Raven scroll from New York. Uh, it's a shame that these kind of reports keep coming in every single week. Uh, but we have news of another fallen soldier out there. Saquon Barkley looks like he has uh, a orange on the side of his uh, on the side of his left foot. I believe it is. It looks like a navel orange. He looks like he's going to miss some time with that sprained ankle. Uh, I think Coach Judge came out and said that it's better than it could have been. But do you think that at this point in Saquon's career, he's been injured the last couple of times? It seems a little bit more injury prone than your stereotypical running back. Do you think it's a great time to buy right now on Saquon's injury dip, or do you think it's too risky? It's still too risky because the price you're going to have to pay for a top-end running back like Saquon, I mean, I just use Nick Steve, for example, who's in our league. I mean, he's not going to sell him for cheap, and whoever owns Saquon in your league is probably not going to sell him for cheap because he's so young, and he's coming up on, like, a new contract soon, so he could go to a different team. I mean, you don't see teams take the running back position that early. I mean, when you do it, you see him like Zeke, Leonard Fournette, and stuff like that. I think the Giants reached on Saquon when they took him. Um, but I really – like he went second overall in the draft, which is pretty crazy. But I think it's just too risky for the price you'd have to pay. Like, I'd rather pay up and get a guy like Antonio Gibson who's younger or – I mean, even DeAndre Swift's look better than him. So I'd probably rather pay a cheaper price for one of those backs than to go out and pay the price you'd have to pay for the name of Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I I would definitely be looking to buy him from a dynasty perspective because the dude still is, you know, right in that prime age, 24, you know, 26 is kind of when we really start to want to teeter off these backs. But like Max said, I think you got to make sure that you're buying low because he does kind of have like that mix in made of glass kind of floating around him right now. And yeah, man. just season to season, like it, it's just really risky. Running backs get banged up in journal. And then when you have these guys that just for whatever reason, it happens more frequently, there is risk. So yeah, like Max said, I'd really try to avoid paying like that top end price. Make sure you're buying low. His, they, they pulled the tape off and then the, the, his sock off. I swear there was a navel orange under his skin, man. That was gnarly. <laughs> it, it was wild. Them. It, it did not look fun. like I've rolled my, I'm sure you guys have twist your ankle and the listeners mm-hmm. have too, but like it, like I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy, like how bad <laughs> that it hurts. Like I, I got my ankles broken in basketball uh, when we were still at school um, by our one friend Mario. And like, I literally had to be carried up the stairs. Like it was so bad. Like it was so, like, it's such a terrible experience. And I, like his ankle looks so painful, man. Like, Prayers it looked photoshopped, honestly. It, like it, it, it looked oh. fake. Like I couldn't believe like someone's ankle could get that big. And the <laughs> the cylinder part of it was like so perfect and symmetrical looking. I was like, what is what is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Terrible. The only, the only thing that we can be, let's say, grateful for, uh, you know, always try to find the silver lining. It didn't pop out of his skin like that. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, let's thank, be grateful. Thank the Lord. Thank mm-hmm. the Lord Saquon was kind of pulling up on that run when he stepped on the guy's foot because that could have been a very bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're moving on to our second report that we got. Uh, this one is from Kansas City. After the absolute routing the Bills gave them, uh, Kelsey put up his third straight week of less than 20 fantasy points. I know he had a very long active streak of 20 plus points. He was a Christian McCaffrey of tight ends. Kelsey's getting a little older. He's 32, third straight week under 20 points with a 17, six and 17 performance. I believe it was. Do you mm-hmm. think it's now time to sell Kelsey while he still has value? You can kick us off, Chase. Well, I was going to say, I think, the the last podcast you were you talked a little bit about Travis Kelsey and your thoughts. So I was actually going to let you kick it off and kind of if you remembered what you said. I think you made some good points about that. I kicked it off and I was I said to try I think to go and buy low on Travis Kelsey, especially if you're like a competitor, mm-hmm. um, which I actually ended up taking up that I I paid a pretty good price for him 
I paid Kittle in a first rounder for Kelsey. I mean, I'm a hundred percent win now. Um, I didn't want that injury risk of having Kittle on my team and like a first rounder two years from now means nothing to me. I'd rather have that positional advantage with Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, maybe you could say I overpaid or whatever. Like no one knows what a first round pick could be. Like you could whiff on them every year. Like people do. Um, but like you, we have, we hold Travis Kelsey. Like I'm sitting here in my basement. I have a signed Travis Kelsey Jersey and I'm really looking at it. Humble brag, and, humble brag, humble, <laughs> humble, brag, humble brag. But like, we hold him to such a high standard and like you're talking 20 points. Like that's a lot of points for a tight end and you, he gets 17, six, 17. Like that's most, he's still the number one tight end in fantasy football. So I'm not concerned. 32 years old. Mahomes has signed up for years to come. And now if he got like really badly injured and like a bad injury, then I'd be concerned. But right now I think they just need to find their footing. Their defense needs to pick it up. And I think he'll be back. I really think that he is one concussion away though from just never seeing the field at that like elite level. He's had so many bad concussions throughout his history and he's gone probably two years without one, despite getting hit like a rock every time he gets the ball, Mm -hmm. you know, injuries, they're just like, uh, they're like dice, you know, they're going to, you're going to roll a one, you're going to roll a two, you're going to roll a three, four, five, six, et cetera. It's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to predict what the next number is to come out, but it just scares me that there is the chance that the number will come out and he just won't be the same and you won't be able to get that value. But like, couldn't you say that for literally any player? I could say that for any player, but not a 32 year old tight end. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's the age too. It's not like it's Mark Andrews who's 26 and but I know everybody's high on Mark Andrews after this past week, but what I'm, I'm just trying to say it's the age and the injury history. And, you know, I'm not going to, say he is touchdown dependent but if you look at the last two weeks without touchdowns that's a 10 6 and 10 performance touchdowns are a part of his game and there's something that he's always gotten so i'm not going to take that against him but you know a couple of those games don't go his way there's a holding call or something and he doesn't end with touchdowns we are talking a completely different story for kelsey yeah i mean i still think he's an elite number one option if you're a competitor i'd be trying to do whatever it takes to go get him um, I mean, you could probably sell Mark Andrews in a little something for him right now. Um, so I, I, something I would consider if I had Mark Andrews, I'd definitely be selling high, but we'll touch on him later. So I'll let Jason yeah. take us all. Yeah. One, one thing, um, I wanted to bring up and, um, was that if I'm not competing right now, though, I, I'm probably selling, uh, I don't know if now's necessarily the right time to sell him, but like in general, I would be looking to sell Kelsey this year. I would wait for him to have one of these giant blow up games. I, I do think he's due. I think he's going to be great for the rest of the season. I think he'll still be the number one tight end when it's all said and done. But if you're, you know, like Peter said, he is 32 years old. When people dominate for that long, it's, it's only a matter of time for when they come crashing down. And he does take a lot of hard shots. And especially the one he just had um, that resulted in a stinger, quote unquote, like dude, that that's low key a concussion. Like, um, so I don't know. I would definitely be looking to get the King's ransom from him sometime soon. If I weren't contending right now. All right. Moving to our last talking point on our reports. Last little note that we received, uh, is from Philadelphia. The bucks are marching onward to the two and three Eagles for Thursday night football, a uh, little sneak preview. Dynasty Monarchy Max, Monarch Max, and I will be in attendance at the game. Max is making the trip, the trip from Cleveland to come and uh, see the Thursday night game. We are probably going to be live tweeting. We'll be doing something from the game to try to get a little bit more info out there to the people. Uh, but talking about the game, there is going to be no Rob Gronkowski putting him as the second straight week of being unavailable. There's a lot of vacated targets on that offense without Gronk being there. After seeing one week without Gronk, is there anybody you're willing to eye up that's not rostered somebody like Giovanni Bernard or Cameron Braid or something like that? I mean, I feel like it's just such a toss-up for who's going to get the work. I had Cameron Braid in one league, and I was like, oh, you know, Gronk's out, play him every once in a while. Um, but I just don't think he's a reliable option, especially on Thursday night. Like if you're plugging in a tight end on Thursday night, 
I mean, you want them to score. I mean, if, if Cameron Bright puts up a dud, you're kind of uh, you're kind of screwed. And especially from a dynasty perspective, like I like OJ Howard because of his age and like where he was drafted and everything. But I just feel like you can't trust Howard. You can't trust Bright. Gio Brownie Bernard's basically irrelevant. But there's really no one I would trust from a perspective, especially this week as a competitor or win, like win later. Yeah, I these guys like just aren't seeing any volume, and it makes sense because they already have three elite wide receivers. So unless it's you know Tom's buddy Gronk out there, I don't think he has any sort of thought about throwing it to the tight end. So I think all they're good for is maybe a dart throw in DFS or something like that. But from a dynasty perspective, from a redraft perspective, they're just a touchdown or bust tight end at this point. That's all you're hoping for. Yeah, I agree with you guys, but I'm going to give a tiny counterpoint. Always been a big fan of Giovanni Bernard. I feel like he goes out there and he does exactly what he's asked to do every single week. You know, he's not going to put up lightning numbers, but if he's on your waivers and you need somebody to play in a buy running back week this week, I know this is the first week for buys. Why not just trot him out there against the terrible Eagles defense? I mean, I don't know. I'd like Chase said, like they just, he already Brady has his go-tos. I mean, Mike Evans is seeing 12 targets a game. I mean, that's crazy. Then AB's getting those long bombs and Chris Godwin's getting those over the middle, like just like medium routes. So Brady has his guys. He knows where he's going with the ball. If you're trotting out Giovanni Bernard as a starting running back too, I get it could be a bye week, but I would just hate to start my Thursday off like that. Having Giovanni Bernard in my lineup and him putting up a dud. Yeah, and I think we're all waiting for him to fill the kind of James White role, but unfortunately, that's just not cease or that's just not existing in this Bruce Arians offense right now. Fournette's getting all the targets. Um, Fournette for looks the great backs. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, let's see, he's got ten targets in the last two weeks, five in each week, and he had wow. seven week one. Like they're throwing him the rock, so um, he looks like their guy. He's getting the by far the the majority of snaps. So. I just think you got your guys in that offense and all the auxiliary pieces are just purely auxiliary pieces. Excuse me. All right. That's going to do it for reports around the realm. Before we move on to boom bust, I did want to say thank you all for the support on the podcast. Follow us on Apple pod, follow us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasting, you can follow us there. Give us a review, five stars, anything less, just keep your mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> We are going to get on a boom bust uh, right before I'm going to plug the Twitter account at dynasty monarchy on Twitter. All of our respective handles are on there as well, where you could get a lot of news notes, reports, whatever you need. Uh, somebody who is a lot like extremely active on their Twitter account. All of us, you know, talk from time to time, but Jace is extremely active on his, uh, on his respective dynasty monarchy, Twitter, Go out there, give him a follow if you're really looking for everyday fantasy news uh, off of Twitter, uh, especially from a dynasty perspective, which can be hard to find. So we are going to move on to Boom Bust, and we did a giant rock, paper, scissors beforehand to figure out who's going to get first dibs. And who would have thought Thanos got it? Go, Max. Uh, well, it's just I only throw rock, and you guys both threw scissors, so I beat them both. But I was wait, very – Wait, you only throw rock ever? Yeah. I only I only throw rock. Is there a, a reason there? I just yeah. think rock is the most dominant rock paper scissors thing you can throw. I, I feel weak throwing paper or scissors. I don't know. Fair enough. It I, works. I, only I, alphas. Only alphas throw rock. I only <laughs> throw like I'll lose on rock. I have no issue losing on rock, but I don't like. You guys lost on scissors. Like I don't know. I think scissors is the weakest play you can make, honestly. Yeah. Uh, where scissors, does a couple... scissors will chop you up. Ask Edward Scissorhands. But, like, I don't know. Um, we're we're <laughs> so, off. So Rock's riding in the front of the, the Rock, Paper, Scissors train? Yeah. Are, and the... are scissors and paper even on the train? No, they didn't get their ticket on the Polar Express. Oh, no. I, I know there's some listeners out there, Kevin, that love our Polar Express analogy, so we'll keep plugging it. Maybe it'll get old and... <laughs> Kevin will just watch the Polar Express with me. Maybe we can add like a new weapon into the rock, paper, scissors. It'll be like the hole puncher from uh, the conductor, you know? I would throw that every time. So yeah. rock, rock, hole punchers, no, <laughs> rock, paper, hole puncher. Yeah. Uh, but I will kick us off enough digressing. I digress. I digress. This is our Jason I's favorite teacher, Yogi Bear Dare says. Um, 
But my Shout boon of the week, we're going to start with the boons because you got to start on the high notes. And that's Marquise Brown, um, someone coming into the year I was not very high on. Um, I didn't think Lamar Jackson would throw the ball nearly this much, yet alone this well as he's throwing it. And Marquise Brown has looked tremendous. We talk on those wide receivers going from year one to two and that jump. But Marquise Brown entering his third year, I mean, he's looked fantastic. And I'm just going to read off his stats here. I mean, he's getting targets every game, 6, 10, 7, 5, 10. Um, but from a full point fantasy perspective this year, 19, 23, 8, 19, and 33. So he's currently the wide receiver six in PPR. And with that Ravens offense, I mean, you got Peter saying Lamar's the best quarterback in the NFL and fantasy, whatever you want to call it. I, I think Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, I mean, they're both going to get their feed. And I know one of the other monarchs is going to talk about Mark Andrews, but that Ravens offense right now is very deadly. And I think you could have got – Hollywood Brown for so low in the offseason just because, like, the name was so disgusting. Everyone thought they were going to run the ball on the ground. Then based on injuries and everything, Hollywood Brown has really transformed to the, his name, Hollywood Brown. So I'd be trying to buy anywhere I can. Um, I mean, wide receiver six right now, that's a really good value. Yeah, uh, I think just all season I've just been impressed with, I mean – the injuries, like you said, are unfortunate, but Lamar's been chucking it this year. He's thrown it more than 30 times um, in every matchup this year, except for one in week two against Kansas City. He only threw it 26 times, but yeah, he's chucking it. And I hope that, you know, this Baltimore offense saw what Lamar can do, you know, at the end of that game. And I hope they, they run with it because it's really nice to see, you know, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown develop into these extreme weapons that we always want them to be. I know a lot of people were projecting it last year, but no, I think it's really happening this year. Um, I think that's kind of been a trend. A lot of these third-year players are breaking out. Like, I know one of my guys is Hunter Renfro, but a lot of these second-year guys have been somewhat struggling this year. So I'm buying into this year three narrative again. Um, that used to be the case historically, and I think it's happening again. Yeah, the only thing that I will say is he looks really tiny out there. <laughs> no, he's, he's great, man. Uh, again, just uh, going to echo what Max said. Nobody out there wanted this guy on their roster. Everybody was actively trying to shop him. You know, just he was like one of those Henry Ruggs types, just like a he's a nuke away from fantasy relevance, but never going to get the work over the middle, never going to get those little post routes, whatever, uh, little curl routes. He wasn't going to get those. But now we're starting to see it. Something that I will say uh, about Marquise Brown and that entire offense they noticed when they couldn't run the ball, they started passing really well, right? Maybe this is going to be the the little switch. Maybe this is the switch for that offense. And we'll get into that later with uh, the other Monarch and their pick of Mark Andrews as the boom. But maybe this is the time that the switch flips. I, I really wish we started this pod a little earlier because, I mean, you look at it and so Marquise Brown in our one league, he, I mean, he was just a throw in for like a trade basically, but, if you really look at it and you did your research in the offseason, you, you would see last year that he ended the season scoring 16, 12, 12, 12, 10, 18 and half point PPR. So, and he had a touchdown in five of the five of those six games. So if you would have done your research on him, you would have saw that he was putting up those numbers beforehand. And I feel like you could have got him extremely cheap now in wide receiver six. So he's going to be more expensive, but do you guys think Rashad Bateman coming back? Obviously it hurts him, but how much is this going to affect Marquise Brown? Well, a rookie's got an unknown commodity as of right now. Like you just don't know what is going to be put out there by Bateman. He could just be Sammy Watkins 2.0 and have one or two games in a year where he plays well, or he could go out there and be better than him. Who knows? Yeah, that's, I mean, Sammy Watkins got hurt in this and I think Bateman's going to return that next week. So you might just see the replacement right there and, Sammy was seeing, you know, basically about seven targets a game, um, seven targets in three out of the five weeks. So um, I, I just think he, he's going to mostly slot into that role. But I think for now, Marquise has solidified himself as the one and kind of just like their version of Tyreek Hill. They're doing like a really good job of just getting him out in space and letting him cook. So um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I think Bateman, though, 
coming out of the draft was always just a really safe wide receiver. And I think that's what he's going to be just kind of a a really safe possession receiver. um, Good for third downs, but I think for big plays, they're going to be gone for Marquise for sure. So one question before we move off Marquise Brown and you guys uh, go to your booms of the week, but would you either, I feel like these guys are pretty similar in their breakouts. Um, They're both like you could, have them as the number two or the number one on the offense, but would you either have Mike Williams or Marquise Brown from a dynasty perspective? Mike will. Jimmy Brown. Yeah. Marquise is, he's two years younger, I believe. He's yeah. A lot, he's a lot smaller. It's less about that, man. I just, I, we've seen the Mike Williams thing before. I just still like, even though he's put it up, I still can't buy in. And you know what? I could be a fool. I could be a, a, a gosh darn fool. I don't care. I just will not buy into him because I know the second that I touch him, it, he's going to start stinking it up like a, a sack of poo poo. <laughs> it almost happened to me and Mike Vrabel. I freaking it did you over a first and a player, and the very next week put up like one point six. I was like, "What? Oh my god! I just got I, sold." But like, I I have him in the redraft league and I wasn't sold on him. Like I was trying to sell him, but like after seeing what he did versus the Browns and at, like, I feel like he's Herbert's number one target right now. I mean, I, I wanted I to think from like, a, offense, my boom. yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I think Keenan Allen's kind of turning into kind of just a boring PPR option with like, yep. without a whole lot of touchdown upside, the most meaningful throws are going to Mike Williams and, Herbert looks so good right now. Like, like talk about Lamar Jackson. Herbert looks ridiculous right now. And man, they just shortened up his route tree and he, he's catching the ball short. He's running with it. And then he's of course doing his thing, jumping up 10 feet in the air and snagging the ball over people's heads. So I'm, I'm banking on that offense because I do think eventually Harbaugh likes to run the rock. So I think when they get a healthy backfield, they will eventually run the ball. Whereas the Chargers, man, it's on Herbert's shoulders for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just going to give my answer. We can move on, but I'm I'm taking Will. I love the height, and I really, I mean, 16 targets last week, 12, 10, nine, and then four. I mean, he's definitely a focal point in this offense with Anthony Lynn. No, Anthony Lynn's gone now. Uh, yeah, I think I he's, did that. Lombardi. He's in, he's Lombardi. in Detroit. Yeah. Um, but Lombardi will same be gone. thing. Lombardi will be gone next year. He'll get a head coaching job. So, well, then maybe Peter's saying sell Mike Will if you own him. <laughs> I sold him. Low. You, you could get it. You could get a Kings. I mean, you could get a lot right now if you find the right buyer. Like, I just Especially got him not too long ago, but I'd still be willing to buy a high. I'd just make sure I get him because I think he's ascending right now. Hundred percent. I, I mean, I'm not selling him low enough. I have him in any leagues. No, no reason to. Yeah, he looks great. So I'll let you guys move on, though. Enough about Mike mm-hmm. Will and Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yeah two for one. Oh, yeah. So mine is uh, Dawson Knox. I think it, I've been doing some tight ends recently. Um, this guy right now, um, he looks awesome right now. Um, getting a fair amount of targets. I mean, his his best week was eight, two weeks ago. Mostly living in that four to five range, but he's scoring a ton of touchdowns right now. And um, I think as like touchdown or bust tight ends go, this guy is as good as it comes right now. And the thing that I keep thinking back to is in, in my head is I think Dawson Knox is this year's Robert Tunyon. I think he's just going to be a touchdown monster. I don't think uh, like other than the touchdowns, I think he's going to quack it out and give, you know, like three catches and 30 yards, you know, or he might have a big catch or something like that. But I think he's going to mostly be touchdown or bust, but I think you just chase the points with this offense this season. And uh, on top of that, you know, he's 24 years old. He's been in the league for two years. I think you can go out and get him for a relatively cheap price in a dynasty format. And I'd definitely be willing to buy it because, you know, what if this thing continues and takes off, you know, I don't know how much I necessarily believe in Manny Sanders becoming the true two in this offense for a full season. So he has more upside than he's shown right now for sure um, from a consistency aspect. So I'm loving what I'm seeing right now, and um, I think he's going to keep it up. I think he's going to keep up the touchdowns for sure. Something that I will say before Max jumps in here, uh, 
Dawson Knox is the kind of guy that, you know, you approach an owner and you say, Hey, you know, what's Dawson Knox going to cost me? They're going to start doing their research and like, damn, you know, he has been looking kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And then they'll like raise their price. He's more of a kind of guy create a deal around a different player and use mm-hmm. him as that collateral. Use, not collateral. use him as that extra like little, little chip that you throw in and just be like, ah, just make it Dawson Knox. And then you throw in somebody else. So don't go directly approaching the owner of him. Remember, because once you do that, it kind of makes the owner wonder, why does he want him so bad? Mm-hmm, definitely. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah. I like him a lot, actually. <laughs> now that like, you yeah, bring it up. Yeah, he's actually, been, be a, he's actually yeah. been a really long hold. And, you know, I really think two first-round picks for such an mm-hmm. emerging talent on a great offense like that, you know. Right, yeah. I drove six hours up to camp in Buffalo to go see him. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he looks really good. And one other thing. Everyone was always mad at him. I know I got a buddy I play uh, fantasy football with. His name's Jack. Shout out to Jack. Um, he's in the in an eight-man league, which is absolute chaos, let me tell you. And um, he's a huge Bills fan, and anytime I'd ever watch a Bills game with him, all he would do is complain about how much Dawson Knox has frying pans for hands and the dude can't catch. Like, the volume was there for him. He was in a very similar situation last year. The drops were there, but I've heard all kinds of analysts say drops aren't a – they're just as sticky as touchdowns. You can't really project that. It's not really something – we've seen it with Jamar Chase now. It's not something that you can bank on happening forever. These dudes are in the league for a reason. So, um, yeah, he's fixed it, and he, he looks really good, really efficient. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you compared him to Robert Tunyon. I mean, I don't know if it's just they both have great quarterbacks and they're both scoring a lot of touchdowns or what it is about them. They're – personas they, they I, they're very similar to me and I, I really like what you said as well Peter like you have to if you want to go out and get Dawson Knox because he's currently the number two three tight end and PPR mm-hmm. two and standard I mean the owners can be like oh well like I think he's worth a lot more than what you're going to offer um, I personally would not overpay for Dawson Knox I think it is a fad I think mm-hmm. his, he has Tennessee this week on Monday which I like but then he's on a bye week but then he has a really nice schedule with Miami Jacksonville and the Jets um, so he's got a nice schedule linebackers elite. Yeah. You, you say that every week and Except yet for Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts just put up 26. So <laughs> I, I wonder your, your loyalty and where your bias is, Peter, but I would be trying no to buy bias. after the bye week No pun on words there. I think actually, if you could afford it though, if you're like, okay, in a tight end spot, I think the bye week actually might be a decent spot to, go in there and slip a nice little low ball offer. Um, but actually I do have a question draft capital wise. What would you be willing to give up right now coming off of this big game? If you are buying high on him, a late second, like a projected I, late second, I could not give up a, a early second for a guy like that. I wouldn't do a first. I wouldn't do it early. I do like, I do a second round. I don't really care where it falls. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. I think I'd do a second for sure. I mean, I try guy, to keep it. You got him off waivers. I think if you can get a second rounder for him, I think that's fantastic. For sure. I agree. All right. We're going to move on to my boom of the week. We're going to keep it a little shorter because we did talk about the Ravens offense, but I needed a Monday night miracle. And you know what? Mr. Mark Andrews gave me that Monday night miracle. I was down, I think 26 and I had Mark Andrews and Justin Tucker. So it was going to, be cut a little close, but Mr. Tucker only put up like four points or something like that. And out of nowhere, we have Mark Andrews spotting up 36. Like it's his job. It I is think his job. it is his job. <laughs> I think something that's very important that we're going to start looking into is when the Ravens offense looks good. Right. So John Harbaugh is a great head coach. I'm not going to sell him short and saying he's a good head coach. He is a great head coach. He's not a legendary head coach yet. He needs to win a couple more Super Bowls for that, but he is a great head coach and great head coaches always put their teams in positions to succeed. The last couple of weeks, the run game, you know, they barely got a hundred the week before the week before the, uh, this week, they get banged up at tackle on their running side. They are already down their left tackle. They're realizing the offensive line is, is deteriorating a little bit more and they're not going to be able to run the ball as effectively. IE the first half against the Colts. They didn't run the ball that well. Mark Andrews had like eight points out of like necessity. Lamar like panic throwing to him. 
the offense started clicking when Marquise Brown and and uh, Mark Andrews started going. Mark Andrews, when Lamar was targeting him, he had so he had a 13 targets, 11 receptions, two touchdowns, and two extra uh, whatever whatever they are uh, two, two point, point conversions. conversions. Yeah. So I heard a, a stat on the announcement last night, and this is this is my parting word that I'll leave you with. The Ravens had zero zero targets to Mark Andrews inside the red zone this season coming into the game. Really? Zero. Really? Zero red zone targets for Mark Andrews. This game, he gets like five or six, and he goes nuclear. Mm-hmm. I think John Harbaugh is a great coach. He's going to recognize what his playmakers can really do, and he's going to create this offense around Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown moving forward and put the running game aside for a little bit, knowing that his backfield and offensive line is hurt. I would go out, and I would not – spend a whole lot of capital on Mark Andrews, but he is 26. He is stepping into his prime as a tight end, and I would look out. Yeah. You bring up a lot of great – I mean, I just have so many questions that I feel like I could ask here, but I'm just going to counter with a question for both of you. Um, would you rather have Mark Andrews or George Kittle? Andrews. Andrews. You'd really rather have Andrews. Yeah, I, I think so. He's a little bit younger, and I think no from what we, yeah, no injury history. You know, knock on wood. But I think you know, San Francisco. These are very similar offenses, especially when Trey Lance steps in to start. These are rushing quarterbacks on teams that want to run the ball. But I think now we've kind of seen it. Debo looks like the number one option in that offense. You know. Things around Iuk look disgusting right now for sure, but I still I'm holding out a little bit of hope for him. Um, definitely a guy I'd be willing to buy low on because man, there's like a cut scene when they're like doing NFL network or something, and it's Iuk leaping over someone yeah, and hurtling every time, the guy on the one yeah, yard line. Yeah, every time I see that, I'm like, oh, remember that guy? Like he was so electric. Why is he not being like why is he not good right now? But he's just not being utilized, right? Yeah, so I I just think there are a lot more mouths to feed in San Francisco. We've seen Kittle be – he's kind of been lost in the shuffle. I know I shared a stat not too long ago about how much Kittle is blocking right now. He's doing so much more blocking than running routes. So Mandrews just looks like the the better receiving option at this point. You know, Kittle might be the better overall NFL player, but I think Mandrews (laughs) – Mandrews. (laughs) I keep doing it. He goes – Mandrews. <laughs> I keep saying it. It, it fits too well because you know you see it on Sleeper. It's yeah, M dot Andrews. It's just Dude, perfect. So that's that's it, his name when he plays well. Mandrews. Yeah, I was trying not to say it that second time around, but I, I done did it. But yeah, no, he just looks he just looks really safe in that touchdown regression that I was definitely banking on happening because like he, that's always been him. You know, a lot of people have argued he's been touchdown or bust. So. Um, you know, he had his big game. He went nuclear, and I think he's going to keep it up. Like you said, that Harbaugh's got to recognize that Lamar can throw to these guys, and these guys can make things happen. So I just – I feel like we're kind of overreacting in the sense that, like – 100%. – I don't know. I just feel like this is a big extreme. Like, So is Mark Andrews your number one dynasty tight end? No. No. Who's no. your number one – like, who's your number one tight end then? Like what you got, um, what'd you got there, Mark Waller. Andrews or Kelsey? I put Waller for Waller now. at one. Waller for now. We'll see what happens in Oakland. We know what news recently broke. They're yeah. not in Oakland anymore, so I don't. I don't uh, know if, it, if it Las happen Vegas. I don't think it's gotten to Oakland yet. Yeah, maybe, the, maybe it'll get to Oakland slow. soon. But so, like, I just want to hear your guys' top five tight end rankings. Uh, Waller. Dan. Man, I'm really gonna do it. It's gonna be Waller, and then it's Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts tied for third. No, there's no ties, Peter. There's no yeah. fun setting. There's no <laughs> fun setting. Peter. No, they're tied for third and then fifth. So you skip fourth. No, Peter. Who's three and who's four? Can I do a three A and three B? Nope. <laughs> Just put then one I'll, at three and one at four. I'll put Andrews at three, just because of the proven value. Pitts at four, and then Kittle at five. Wow. I think I'm going to go 
Waller, Kelsey, Pitts. And then I, I was going to ask you guys, I'm stuck. I can't decide between Andrews and Hawkinson. Like Hawkinson, the first two weeks, it looked like it was happening. All the targets were going his way. And now these defenses are really looking to just He's shut stinky, him down. Man. He's stinky. Yeah. And I was so high on him this year. Like um, I actively targeted him in a trade with Max and I was trying to downgrade quote unquote what I thought, like I thought I was getting a steal. I was downgrading from Waller, but getting like the next elite guy, but man, even the analysts that I listened to that really got me hyped up for him. Like they're starting to falter right now. And like, I I think I am too. I think Hawkinson will be fine long-term, but man, Andrews looks so good last night. And like, I, I just really hope that he sees more involvement like that. There's this is such recency bias. Like it's your top I, five, Max. I, I would put Kittle at number one. Oh, I, come I really, on. I really would. I mean, you guys have in what your has mind he done this year, what has he done in the games that he's played this year to make, he hasn't done that? anything this year, but it's just like, it's the offense. It's the potential. It's George Kittle. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm buying the name. Maybe you guys are buying the recency bias. I'm buying the injury bias. I, I would put Kittle and then Kelsey and then Waller and then Pitts. And then I don't know. I'll put Mark Andrews, but I don't know. Like, I don't know why we're not talking about Kyle Pitts like this. Kyle Pitts put up 26 points. Mark Andrews put up like it's just because it was a prime time game, the only game on. Like, well, Andrews, Ridley didn't. Andrews Ridley didn't 36. play. Okay. Thir- I mean, thir- he, he put up a monster game and if you're playing in a tight end premium league like he probably won you the week definitely Uh, and he he got some overtime too which definitely helps calvin ridley wasn't in for atlanta so pitts a little bit i don't know lamar's looking really good and we've always wanted to see him ascend as a passer and it looks like it's happening and he's his favorite target so um and he just got a lot of upside he's locked up a lot of upside and i met him in a bathroom one time so you know i like mark andrews Sneaky young, sneaky young, as they say, 26, mm-hmm. only three years in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move into the bus now, a little bit of a sadder section. Uh, I am going to, this is, uh, I'm going to do a requiem for Max's favorite player. It's a, it's a very sad day. I'm going to officially chop the guillotine on this man's head, trade, fire sale. This man is done. Go sell him to an Odell lover in your league. Odell Beckham. He is done. Dynasty, wherever, whatever kind of format you're playing, he has zero fantasy value moving forward to me <laughs> because the Browns put up, what was it, 42 points, Max? Yeah, they, they scored a lot of points. Man. They put I, up 42 points. I told the I, listeners, let, I said the Browns could cover the spread by themselves. They were close. They were very close. They were very close. Needed Jarvis. Needed Jarvis. He is the wide receiver one in that offense and he put up three fantasy points not 30 not 30 three in a 42 point barn burner uh, <laughs> stick a fork in him i don't think that there's any other argument so what would you pay for him nothing i'm selling like i i, I don't uh, want to would touch you take him. would you take a third round pick for odell beckham absolutely not i think he is literally worthless like as a depth piece so on you, my bench, like why not? But like because of like how deep dynasty leagues are. But if I have to like cut somebody that I think can boom or something like that, absolutely not. Wow, I just feel like the hate is so. This is just getting. I mean, I get it. Max, he had he had three targets in a forty-two point game. What would you pay it. for, for the wide receiver number one? I, I would pay a second for him still. Oh like, my yeah. god! I, I, I would. I would too, but I think I'd have to, it would be like a later one that doesn't mean as much. Like, I don't know if I'd do it for a 2022 second, to be honest, just because like, it does just look really stinky, man. Unfortunately it does. And like, so I'd be, it, you know, if you got one of those 2024 seconds sitting around, I'd definitely be throwing one of those over for Odell. That's what I'd be willing to pay. He He's put just... up more points in a like 20 point game than a 42 point game. He's your wide receiver one on the offense. I don't, I don't get this. But Peter, what you don't like his skill set, he's still so elite as a player and requires so much attention. Like, I I really like I love Odell and like he's like my boy. 
Jarvis is out. He should be eating right now. I don't know what's going on, but he really does have that potential to take any ball to the house. Like he, he's a very talented player. And like to say that you wouldn't take a third for him, so disrespectful. Like it's so. Not if I have young guys on my bench that I like more. This is crazy. This I'd is rather crazy. roster JD McKissick than him. I'd rather roster oh my so many other guys than him. Did at you? This point. You didn't even look at JD McKissick's stats for this past week. Though. He had a bad past week, but at least he booms. It's like Odell's always. Oh, he has the chance. Yeah, I I think he'd be useful. I don't think we'll see him consistently produce, especially once Jarvis gets back. But I do think, especially when the bye weeks roll around and stuff like that, I do think he could be useful for your team. So, And, I mean, we saw it last year. It was gross last year, um, but he did have that giant 30-point game against Dallas. So um, I do think he does have a lot of upside because he's a freak athlete. But I – just for whatever reason, it just he just like hasn't fit in that offense. And actually, kinda I if anything, it reminds me of how Stefanski was using Diggs in Minnesota. Yeah. And that just wasn't working. I think maybe his type of wide receiver, like the type that he is, just doesn't fit into the Stefanski offense and what they're trying to do. So I, I don't know. Like he's been there for a while now and just hasn't done anything. I mean I don't know. I, I, I can't lose hope on my boy. I also, I mean, I, I think if they don't win all this year, I really do think they trade him. He's just not worth the money. And I feel like, I mean, there's Rogers is going to be a free agent. You got Watson out there. Like he could go really wherever he wants. Um, and he's Odell. He has a say where he goes, but I think I'd buy just based on the fact that he could get traded. Yeah. He will be what? 29 though next year. 29, but like he's His still last fantasy relevant season was 2018. No, yeah. that's, that's so wrong. He finished top 25 in 2019. That's right. That's, that's not like for the price, like that he was worth back then. Then he finished 88 last year and he's 88 he got, right now. He got hurt last year. Okay. Fair enough. And he still wasn't putting up numbers before he was hurt. And now he has a torn ACL. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. And again, I have no ill will against the Browns. I'm rooting for the Browns this year for Max. I just, I just can't buy into the Odell shares at all. But for like a third, like you're, you're barely spending anything. How are you going to say no to that? I said I would take him if I have a thinner bench. But if you I have guys that I believe keep in, JD McKissick over him. Peter. I would. JD is going to have standalone value at the running back this year. Odell oh my will gosh. probably not. Oh my full, gosh. full PPR. You could convince me of that too. Thank you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't. Max, I would I'll let you have, have the last word. I will let you have the last word here because he's your boy and I don't want to leave a sour taste in the viewers, uh, the listeners' mouths. I'd <laughs> rather have a 2025 fifth rounder than JD McKissick on my roster. That's the taste they're going to get. It's not going right. to be about Odell Beckham. JD McKissick. All right. Peter. All right. Uh, so we're caught in the snake right now. We are going to go back to Jace for his bust of the week. Yeah, mine was uh, LaVisca Chenault, and I, I just, like, have no idea what's going on in Jacksonville right now. Urban's out hitting the clubs after games. Like, they're throwing the, the ball to Jamal Agnew and Dan Arnold. Like, what is going on over there? And um, I, I think, honestly, the biggest thing that I want to say about this, I think just go out and buy low, especially if you're in full-point PPR leagues. This guy – is you know he is a bit of a gadget player but when he does have the ball in his hands he can make things happen this is a terrible team they're going to be down a lot i think his talent definitely has to shine through dj chark is out marvin jones jr uh, is 31 years old he'll have his games but he's a deep threat so trevor lawrence needs a safety blanket i think this could definitely be the guy for him so i i know it's been you know rough sledding lately but give him a shot i think he's definitely going to fall into his own um, and be a very productive flex play, especially in full point PPR. Yeah, I, I really think he's probably my number one target for go by, by low. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Debo Samuel, who we also like to call a gadget guy. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. is older than dirt. Um, mm-hmm. DJ Chark hasn't performed well. James Robinson, they don't really care. Like I, maybe ETN comes back next good year. Weeks for James. Yeah, no, James Robinson's look good, but I, from a dynasty perspective, like, I would be selling him now too. Like I think this yeah. is his window to be sold, but I think LaVisca is talented. I think the urban regime will be out probably at the end of this year and a competent coach that actually knows how to coach NFL football will actually use LaVisca. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm 
before we move on, a cute little segment here. They go Atlanta, LA Rams, Tennessee, Houston, New York Jets, New England, Indianapolis down the stretch their last share of weeks. Does Urban Meyer make it to those games? Does he make it to week 13? Does he make it to week 12? I, I think he makes it all the way through. I think one thing, if t- college taught me anything in any of my marketing classes, bad publicity is publicity in general. So, you know, like Jacksonville, oh, at least it looks, yeah, I, hey, that, that not a good situation over there. But we just got Urban Meyer clubbing. You know, he doesn't look like he's actively hurting anybody other than, you know, maybe himself and his family. But um, I, I think they want that number one overall pick again. I think Urban's a great candidate to lead the squad right to that, man. So yeah. um, I think they keep that dumpster fire burning all year long. Little Ted Lasso from uh, Shad Khan, the, the owner. <laughs> Dude, I need to see that, that show. I need to see that show. I've had like three people this week tell me to check that out. Ted it's Lasso. Like Major really League. Good. It's like Major League. He's trying to run them into the ground. We love that. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, I'll give my two cents on Chenault really quick. You know, nothing else that I could say that the other Monarchs haven't pressed already. Definitely go by low. They're going to be terrible. They're going to throw the ball out. He's 23, 6 one, 227. He's just absolutely intimidating on the field when he gets in one-on-one coverage, and he's a really good receiver moving forward. So I would go try to buy that dip. Would, uh, would you rather have him or Brandon Ayuk? Him. For right Ayuk. now. Ayuk. Give me – I'm still going to – I'm like – I just – that that clip keeps playing in my head, dude. Him jumping that guy, like he's too talented, man. Like, and he's a pure wide receiver. Whereas, like we said, Lavisca is kind of gadgety. So, from a uh, high value standpoint, like the high value passes, I think it'll go Ayuk's way eventually. I'm a I'm a pretty cool, calm, chill guy. Uh, but in fantasy, I'm extremely spiteful. This and is I'll, very I'll say, this, I'll say this. I'll shout this from the rooftops. I am toxic. I'm spiteful when it comes to fantasy football. Uh, so I want nothing to do with Brandon Ayuk. I invest way too much capital on him before the year started, and he has disappointed me every single where that I have had him. So I, I, he's the floor's lava for me. So it's fair. fair I would take Ayuk over Chanel, but to I know that's own. probably the smart. It's probably the smart pick, but I'm just too spiteful. Yes, I, I understand. Full disclosure. Yeah, that's okay. All right, moving on, and then we'll get to our locks of the week here, but um. My bust of the week is a guy I just acquired actually in redraft. And thank you, Peter, for this Uh, chase Edmonds. um, He's not getting, I knew he wasn't getting goal line work from the start. I mean, James Conner has had that role solidified Um, and the Cardinals, I mean, they're five and oh, so it's working. They're going to continue to put James Conner at the goal line there. Um, Do I think that's going to stay? No, but I also don't think chase Edmonds is a running back that is going to last in the league more than a year or two at the most. So I don't know. Chase Edmonds in a full point PPR league. I think he has some value still. And I think you can buy him low after this past week. Um, but I just like, it's tough to see me actually invest in capital in this guy or any players or really anyone. Whereas like, I don't see him being part of this offense. Like I see them going out and getting a running back or signing somebody. Like I don't think Chase Edmonds is this, this every down back. I mean, Chase, you'd have more insight obviously, but he just doesn't seem to me like, He's that great of a player. Um, yeah, Chase Edmonds, like, um, coming into the preseason, like, I was – I had really high hopes for him, actually. Just – James Connors actually looked pretty solid this year, and he's actually been getting the job done. So, um, I didn't anticipate that whatsoever, and I really thought Chase Edmonds was going to step up. And, you know, coming out of camp and stuff, it looked and sounded like he was going to be their three down back and they were going to give it a shot. But his role was – it's been exactly the same as last year. You know, he's getting his fair share of targets, um, you know, averaging about five and a half, six targets a game. Um, but one thing I do really worry about is Rondale Moore is like slowly getting more integrated into this offense. And Rondale Moore is all about, you know, he'll have, he'll be involved in a deep shot here and there, of course, because he's a speedster, but they've been doing a phenomenal job of just getting the ball in his hands really quick so that he can just run after the catch. And I think Pinky eventually that – Pinky toenail away from a touchdown. Yeah, dude. I mean, that dude, he's such a freak. But I worry about him kind of eating into Chase Edmonds' work a little bit and the things that he's schemed up to do. So that's one thing I have to say. 
And from a dynasty perspective, I think this is a great, he's a great piece to kind of ship over to a contender. Um, if you're competing later to kind of get, you know, um, someone with a little better contract situation, maybe a high draft pick, if you could, if you could find the right, uh, the right contender, but long-term, yeah, like Max said, I don't think he's going to turn, uh, turn out being that three down back that we were kind of hoping he would be in this offense. Yeah. Uh, I look at Chase Edmonds as just one of those Mr. Consistency kind of guys. I haven't slapped a label on him yet, but he has had a great season so far. One bad game. We'll see where he lands at the end of this year. Moving forward, I think he's just going to be that guy. If you need in that flex spot and the running back two spot that, you know, you need him to put up 12 or 13, he's your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, He's one of those guys that, you know, you're not going to be blown away with his weeks, but you're going to be happy that you're not let down. Max caught him on a bad week. Yeah, yeah definitely on a bad week. Definitely more of a solid flex play than like an RB two. Is you know, I think people had some hopes he would be an RB two, but I see him more as a, a flex play nowadays. In the fourteen man uh, redraft league, I have him as my running back one. So hero RB. <laughs> That's right. Who needs running RB. backs when your wide receivers score two touchdowns each? That's right. All That's what right. I'm saying. Here Four we go. Guys. Into our final section of the episode, Mortal Locks of the Week. Uh, we'll do a little roundup uh, as we go of everybody's combined records. Uh, we will start with whoever won the Rock, Paper, Scissors today. Couldn't imagine who that would be. And we'll start with your spread, Max. Yes. Yeah, so I don't think I wrote this in the, the outline, so you guys don't know what I'm going to say. Nope. But uh, my spread is Houston Texans plus nine and a half. Um, I think the Colts played a tremendous game, um, but these division games are usually pretty close between these teams. And I think giving them 10 points is with how good Houston looked versus the Patriots and Bill Belichick versus a rookie quarterback and Davis Mills, Davis Mills looked really good. I don't even know who was scoring for Houston other than Chris Conley, but they played the Patriots very well. And I think giving them 10 points is a pretty good spread there. So I'm going to take Houston plus nine and a half. I like that one. I do too, actually. Anything with Houston, I'm usually like, unless it's, you know, like they're matched up with like Buffalo or something like you, I just think they'll get blown out of the water, but the Colts get nine and a half, like not bad, man. Like Houston seems gross, but that one's not bad. Those games are usually close. And Max, Mm -hmm. what was your record on this past week? And give us the bets. I went one, oh, and one. I, I pushed on one. So I had the Packers. Minus three, which they pushed on um, with that electrifying field goal performance that those teams had. And then I had the over in the Browns Chargers game, which I should have put money on. Wait, because wait, that was you out there that pushed McPherson's kick into the, uh, into the flagpole. That was you. Yeah, that was me. And then he celebrated like, you know, cause he thought he made it cause obviously he needs to go see Rodrigo for some classes, but pull, pull the swaggy <laughs> P. Yeah, for sure. Celebrating too early. So I, I went one zero and one. So if you had my bet, you didn't lose money. It, I, you went one and zero. Let's put it like that. No loss. No, no, win, loss, no loss. You went one and zero. Sure. Keep the parlay alive. Kept the parlay alive. That's yeah. right. All right, Jace, your spread. Yeah, my spread. Um, I got Pittsburgh covering four and a half points at home against Seattle. Um, the odds on FanDuel. FanDuel are minus 110 right now. Pretty solid. Um, but basically, I think they we got Geno Smith running the show uh, in Seattle. We don't know if Chris Carson's going to play. Um, Seattle's defense is nothing special. Um, Pittsburgh, I think they just got more weapons, and I think they got a quarter more competent quarterback um, running things right now. I know his physical ability <laughs> – is up to question right now, but Big Ben knows how to get it done. He's done it for years. They're at home. Um, I think they'll easily cover this one for sure. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that one a lot too. Uh, definitely when it comes to Geno Smith, as a, as a Jets fan, just never bet on him to win. Uh, moving <laughs> to my spread, uh, my spread is Dallas minus four at New England, the implied point total being 27 to 23 Dallas. I just I look at the implied points and I say 27-23. I don't think that the Patriots hang more than 25 points. And I feel like Dallas is gonna just 
keep on their streak of absolutely annihilating teams on offense. Uh, so they're just going to put up a lot of points. I feel like it is going to be a touchdown game, uh, especially with how the Patriots played against Houston. My only counter argument to this would be Bill Belichick always figures out a way to rally his guys after a bad performance. That's, that's my only counterpoint. I like that bet. And I, I think your counterpoint's valid, obviously, but I, I think Bill Belichick's obviously a, a genius when it comes to locking down quarterbacks. I mean, he shut down Tom Brady basically. So I'll be interesting to see what the weather's like there in Foxborough as well. So I would be careful, but I like that Peter. Yeah. The weather is definitely a good point. Definitely something that I always like forget to check. Um, so that's a great tip moving forward, but I like this one too. I think, you know, you said they shut down the Bucks, but we talked about it when it happened. Belichick's had how many practices against Tom Brady? Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. He's had the experience. And at the same time, uh, if you're going to compare Tampa and Dallas and New England's ability to hold them off, uh, Dallas also has um, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard out of the backfield, which are lethal weapons themselves. So I think at the end of the day, um, Dak is going to absolutely yeah. boat race Mac Jones and the boys. They got two starting running backs. Pollard probably starts on more than half of the league teams yeah, in the league, for sure. Uh, before I get before we all get into the over unders, I did want to say that I went two and zero. Oh. Uh, I got the under. That was my guarantee. Guarantee was the under in the Thursday night game, Rams Seahawks, uh, and mm-hmm. then I had the Chargers minus one against the Browns. It was a really close game, but no matter what, the Chargers would have covered even when the line moved to minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in the week. Yep. Uh, my you mix over... and match. You mix and match, Peter. And I mean, Jace, I know you didn't go. You had a loss in there. But mm-hmm. if you followed I... our pick straight line, you know, like taking the yeah, we... straight, everyone. What yeah. a money. Yeah, you're yeah. a considerable amount of units. Uh, moving to my over under for the week, I have Minnesota at Carolina. Over under is 46 and a half implied point total 24 to 22 Vikings. Uh, I just look at that point total and I see Carolina having a bad week. DJ Moore getting shut down. That Minnesota defense is not going to shut down uh, the Carolina offense. I know they played well against the Browns, but you know, broken clocks right twice a day. Don't see them being that good that many uh, times in a row, uh, especially against a high caliber Carolina offense. I feel like Sam Darnold is going to figure it out this week off of his disappointing performance and Minnesota is going to keep pushing on. They have a really good offense there uh, and they're going to put up a lot more points than 24, 22. I see something like a 28, 26 final score uh, or maybe even a 30 pointer somewhere in there. Yeah, I like that one, especially if uh, the Vikings get Dalvin Cook back. Um, I I do think Carolina has a really solid defense, but Minnesota's got the weapons. Both of these teams have the weapons to push this thing um, overboard. So um, hopefully Carolina gets Christian McCaffrey back too. So, you know, we got a lot of really elite guys that could be playing in this game. So I think points will be scored. Really quick. If those guys come back, I love the over. For sure. I think 100%. And another thing. Minnesota's two and three. Hungry dog always going to find a way to score points. Carolina's three and two. Lost their last two. They're going to try yeah. to figure it out themselves. Big prove it game for both of these teams. So that I feel like they're going to put up a lot of points. For sure. I really think it depends on if McCaffrey and Dallin Cook are back. But if those guys are back, I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game for sure. Yeah. You might as, I mean, last week I got the Titans when they had some really solid odds to cover against Jacksonville. Did they cover? Oh, yeah, they covered big time. They blew out Jacksonville. And I got the odds when it was like plus 118 because A.J. Brown wasn't out or ruled to play yet. So sometimes it's worth taking a shot on if these guys are going to play because you can get the odds to swing in your favor heavily um, within the first week because those odds shifted uh, to immediately favor Tennessee and put it at like minus 115. So they they shift quick. So, Jace, we're going to go with your over-under and then – Talk about your bets this past week. We forgot to hit you on the way around. Yeah, so last week um, I went one and one. Um, I took the Cardinals to cover uh, minus five and a half at home against the Niners. That one hit. And then I took the under in the Steelers versus Broncos game. The over-under was set at 39 and a half. Um, and that one did not work out. I, I think, 
you know, I was a couple unfortunate big plays away from that one hitting, but, um, you know, Chase Claypool and Sutton just taking bombs to the house didn't help. So kind of a funky game. I, I really didn't expect that happening, but, um, the money w- was on the side, um, favoring the over. So, you know, maybe I should have listened to that, but this week, um, for my over under, I have, I'm, I'm going back to that Dallas, uh, new England game, the over under set at, um, 50 and a half points. And I just think they're giving New England too many points. Um, Peter said the implied point total is uh, New England 23, Dallas 27. I, I think that's given New England way too many points. This Dallas defense looks freaking awesome right now. Trayvon Diggs is playing out of his mind. Um, this team has a takeaway in every single game uh, this season. They got Mac Jones. I, I mean, New England has like no weapons whatsoever. I mean, I'm not scared of them with, at all. And, um, I think if anything, Dallas will be the main contributor in points in this game. And I think New England's really going to struggle to score. So you're taking the under. Like that a lot. Like that oh, a lot. yes, I'm taking the under. I don't know if I said that earlier. I'm definitely taking the under. I love the under. The weather in Boston or Foxborough, it looked like rain on Saturday. So if that pushes to Sunday, you never know. But the odds of that are slim. Mm-hmm. All right, Max, you're over under. My over. to wrap it up. Yes, my over-under is Arizona at Cleveland, 49 points. Um, Baker Mayfield versus Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield. Whatever you want to write the script as. The Browns need a win. They put up 42 points last week. The Cardinals' offense can keep up with them. The Browns' secondary is absolutely just decimated right now by the injuries. Um, I, I, would, I really think the Browns could cover the spread by themselves again. So I'm taking the over here. I think 49 is too low. I really think it's like a 30 to 35 type of game. 49 is disrespectful, to be honest. It really is, especially with the Browns about 42 last week. I get the Cardinals didn't have the best performance, but like it's Baker versus Kyler. They're going to want to show out Cliff Kingsbury, Baker. Like there's so much on the line, basically. Yeah. The Browns are at home too, which definitely helps. And I think um, Chandler Jones is banged up and going to sit this one out too, which is, for the Browns run game, I mean, that's money right there. So I definitely think this one has the potential to shoot the shoot the over on this one. And two, I'm really looking forward to a Kyler Murray back, bounce back this week after, you know, good professional game for sure, but a dud fantasy-wise. So, um, yeah, I, I think there are going to be a lot of points scored in this one for sure. Absolutely. So we're going to get into our last segment, a quote from a fellow Monarch. And I have the absolute privilege of being up today. Uh, my quote comes from a television show and a book series called Berserk. Uh, shout out, Maria. We were watching the TV series this week. Uh, we recently finished it. And I saw this quote in the show uh, and it really stuck with me. But I'm going to relate it to something that I had earlier. I didn't write this quote down in our, our script on purpose because I didn't want Max to jump on it. Uh, <laughs> it is in regards to Odell Beckham. So really, I will oh. get the last laugh. Uh, Guts, the main character, is talking about how his friend isn't the same anymore. And he says, even if we painstakingly piece together something that is lost, it doesn't mean things will ever go back to how they were. I know we always look at Odell with the star power and the rose-colored glasses, (laughs) but those glory days are gone, and I'm sorry. They're not going to go back to the way that they were. Ouch, man. I'll let you have your quote, Peter. He's just singling out your boy. He just doesn't like Odell. I don't, I don't know what it is. Peter. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for sticking to the end. Follow us on Apple pod, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review. Odell us sure isn't following us. Odell sure is not following us. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy. Give us a shout out. DM us. Do whatever you got to do to get better at your fantasy league. Remember, we're here to help you rule your league for years to come. Uh, and with that being said, peace out, you guys. All love. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Odell Beckham. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens.